0: Are Locked On Pistons your daily Detroit Pistons
1: podcast? Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on Pistons podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the Ultra Moment. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment coming up later in the episode. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter, at NBA. You can find me over on YouTube, at Ballroom. You can find me on Detroit Bad Boys, writing articles about the Pistons. And like I let you guys know at the beginning of every episode, I was a credentialed media member for the 2019-2020 season. That kind of makes me a big deal. Stay tuned for this week. Uh, It should be, I'd like to say Sunday it should be out, but maybe Monday. I have a YouTube video coming out on Sekou Dumboya's season, his final stretch. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. But on today's podcast, I am joined once again by Motor City Hoops. Bryce, how you doing, man?
1: I'm good, Koo. I was excited to be back again this week. You know, I thought it might be a little longer, but I'm glad that it's not. You know, I always enjoy joining the show, man.
0: Absolutely. I love having you on, man. So on today, we're going to talk about some of these topics that were floating around Pistons uh, community uh, earlier this week. But first, a fun one, which Piston do we believe would be the best football player or would have the best chance to transition over to the NFL? That's a little, little fun topic. Then we'll also talk about should the Pistons draft, Just the best player available no matter what in this draft, no matter where they pick at, whatever the circumstances, or should they be drafting, thinking a little bit more about fit with the current roster or some of their younger players? And then also at the end of the podcast, we'll go over another fun topic of the All-Pistons All-Star festivities, who we think would win the skill competition, three-point competition, dunk competition from this Pistons roster. So a few fun topics to hit on. So I kind of tweeted this already on Twitter a few days ago, so I'll let Bryce go first. So Bryce... Out of all the players on the Pistons roster as of right now, who do you think would have the best chance to transition over to the NFL and at what position and why?
1: So uh, should I troll here a little bit, Koo, or not? Because I know I kind of went at you a little bit on Twitter with the Isaiah Stewart one. Because, right, he's the easy one because he has the most NFL body type, I would say. He's the easy one to say, oh, like, go put him at tight end. But I agree with you, and I'm doing a little breakdown of Isaiah Stewart actually the last couple of days as well, like a season review, and there's some questions around his hands. I know that's a, thought, a thing you've brought up with him. So if it is Isaiah Stewart, I don't think it's at the tight end position. Maybe it's like defensive end uh, or something like that. What about guys like Frank Jackson or Sabin Lee? What about Sabin Lee as a defensive back? Like That's the one that kind of hit me when I was thinking about this a little bit ago, and I kind of thought that one fit well. I think he has good size and obviously quickness and explosion. So I think Saban Lee as a defensive back could work.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's honestly like a lot of players on this team that you could like do these little fun comparisons with. Uh, Saban Lee obviously is one because his father was a professional football player. So I think he would he would have probably an a, a easier switch over to that. But yeah, the, the Isaiah Stewart one, I, I don't think he could play tight end because of the reason you brought up with his hands. Uh, I, like you said, I mentioned this on Twitter as well. I think Isaiah Stewart is kind of like the cop-out answer. It's not as fun because obviously everyone's going to pick Isaiah Stewart because, you know, look at his body. Look how strong he is, Bob, how physical he plays. So I feel like that's like the obvious one. Put him at like the end or something and he'd probably just wreck people. Uh, but I, I'll go outside of the box. And I, I thought this would be like – I thought this would be a rare answer. I didn't think people would say this. But then when I, I asked people on Twitter – a lot of people were saying this, so I don't feel as 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 cool anymore saying it, but I'm going to say it anyways. Uh, I was going to rock with Hamadou Diallo at wide receiver. I think Hammy would be yeah. absolutely yeah. unstoppable at receiver.
1: Yeah, that's what – I actually just came up with that one as we were getting ready to start recording, so – um, I'm surprised that that one came up as well. You know, he's six five. I think his body type fits for a receiver. The athleticism, he can run. So I think Hamid Diallo at receiver is a good one. That that might be the best one on the roster.
0: What What do you think about though? I, I was in locker room the other day, and they were we had this conversation. So what do you think about Josh Jackson though? What, what do you think Josh could fit? Because Josh is one of those physical people as well. For, he's not like the biggest guy, but he's physical as hell and i feel like his personality and his attitude kind of fits a football player as well
1: yeah that that's true you know he's a little longer and lankier um you know what's josh jackson about 68 yeah
0: 68 six, six, right yeah there. so
1: yeah so uh, you know i don't know that he i don't know that he has the body control that i would like at at receiver you know, and then looking at him on the defensive side, I don't know what his fit is there. Like, I just like Hami Diallo a little bit better with the – I think his body type just fits the position better. But, yeah, I could see Josh Jackson. And, um, you know, the one I brought up – or not that I brought up, that I saw brought up a little bit was Killian Hayes playing quarterback. What do you think about that one, Koo? I
0: think I think that's. I can't get on board with that one because just because he can pass <laughs> in the NBA doesn't mean he can pass a football like I, exactly. I i'd have to i'd have to know if he even knows how to th- like hold a football or like i would have to know all those things so i don't like that one at all
1: yeah there's a lot more skill level involved with that position right like i don't want to take anything away from football players but you know the, there's a little bit easier of a transition just in terms of physic you know if you have the athleticism and the phys- physicality at those other positions at quarterback man that's a whole other monster so, I thought it was interesting people brought that up, but I'm with you. I don't know that that translates very quickly.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. So, let's bring up with these two players because these two players I didn't think about, and a lot of people did tweet these ones at me. So, one of them that was tweeted at me was Dennis Smith Jr. at wide receiver. Do you think, what, what do you think no. about that? I think that one's actually kind of intriguing too.
1: Yeah. D- Dennis Smith Jr. maybe like as a slot receiver or I like Dennis Smith Jr. on the other side of the ball, man. I think he fits that mold of like, go put him on the defensive side and, and let him, you know, just run some guys over and, and, uh, and make some tackles. So I'd like to see Dennis Smith Jr. on defense.
0: Yeah. I think he could probably be a good DB as well. Like one of the, he's one of those smaller guys, but like can just like out jump a lot of receivers and would be able to contest a lot of balls and get his hands on a lot of balls, uh, and get a lot of tips, interceptions, et cetera. So I think he could – I think that would be a good spot for him too. But then also with Sadiq Bay. So I didn't really think about Sadiq because Sadiq doesn't really jump off at me as like a super fast dude or like a, a super agile dude or anything like that. But I saw a lot of people like were suggesting that possibly he could be like a linebacker or something with how strong he is. Do you think he could – do you, think, do, you, do you see Sadiq Bey possibly being able to do something like that? I, me personally, I, I have a little questions about it, but I'm, I'm not sure.
1: Okay, so Sadiq Bey is not one of my top. He's not the bottom. Like I think it would be fun to hear what your bottom two or three guys would be. Mine would be Servetus <laughs> would be the very bottom guy. Um, probably Mason Plumley because he's so tall. And then I, I don't know. I'd have to look. I don't know who the third guy would be. But for Sadiq Bey, like he's 6'7. So that's really not a linebacker. You know, like that's pretty tall for a linebacker. Um, he's a guy, if on the defensive side of the ball, you'd almost have to put him at like defensive end or something like that. But I don't know that he has the strength to hold up. Sadiq Bey is not a guy I really see that's going to fit that transition just because of his body type.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you as well. So, actually, that was a fun suggestion you said. Let's say who, who our bottom guys are. So, obviously, I got Savitas at the bottom. Uh, I, I, I'll be counting, like, Wayne Ellington <laughs> and Rodney Magruder because they're also at the bottom. If we're, if we're counting them, I'm putting them Yeah, I was say, well.
1: Ellington probably the next one. Who would you say? Sorry.
0: Yeah. No, the next one I, I was going to say was Rodney Magruder.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't think he'd be very high on the list either. So, you got Savitas, Wayne Ellington, Plumley, Magruder, and honestly, like I don't think Killian Hayes fits very well. You know, if you're not playing him at quarterback, I don't know where else you're gonna put him.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know about Killian playing football either. I think him and I, I got Killian towards the bottom there as well. And then also I got I got uh, Julio Okafor down there towards the bottom too. I'm just not sure what exactly was this what position I'd put him at. He's a little too tall to play almost anything out there. And then like I don't know. I mean, I guess one of the positives about him in basketball is that he has like decent footwork in the post. I guess. So I don't know. Maybe you could play offensive lineman, like a left tackle or something. I don't know, but
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a little too tall to put on the line. It seems like you're right. Like his size fits well, but you start getting up into six. I mean, there's not very, there's not any six foot ten offensive lineman in the NFL. You know, like that's a hard. You know, you just don't use see that kind of kind of height from an NFL player. So I, I don't think Okafor would be either very
0: high either. Yeah. So. Overall, looking at this Pistons team, I'm gonna, I gotta keep it a buck. I, I'm just not sure if we like if the NBA say, okay, we're gonna have an NFL little pickup thing in the off season to see which NBA team is the best football team. I, I don't know if the Pistons are going very far with this. I'm gonna keep it a buck, man. I'm just I'm just not sure if they're yeah. if they're going to achieve yeah. much out here.
1: Yeah, the Lions shouldn't be trying to steal any players. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So. When we come back, we'll going to talk about what the Pistons should be looking to draft for in this offseason. Should it be more about best player available, or should it be more about what fits this current roster, what fits the the young players moving forward, etc. But before we get to that, let me tell you guys about who, what was my Michelob Ultra moment of the week. Uh, so it was a tough choice for me to pick this week's Ultra moment, but it has to be the Suns being the Lakers in the first round or more specifically, Devin Booker going off for 47 on 22 shots. Devin Booker, some of the best things, I, honestly, my biggest takeaway and the, the, the funnest moment, uh, the thing that brought me the most happiness in that game was at the end of the game when Jay Crowder is out there it's also, it's also dancing and then you got Chris Paul over there mimicking, which I didn't even notice Chris Paul was doing this until today. I got on Twitter and saw people doing it, uh, putting the clip out. But I didn't even see CP 3 was out there mimicking that whole little post moves that LeBron and Andre Drummond was doing at the same time as well. So, that whole that whole series was a lot of fun, brought a lot of joy. It was a enjoyed. I enjoyed watching it, uh, but that that moment specifically, the last game with Devin Booker dropping forty seven points, that game right there, and and the game from D Book brought me a lot of happiness, and easily has to be, I think, my Michelob Ultra moment of the week. So Bryce, like we said, when we come back, we are going to talk about the Pistons' best player. Well, or not the pistons best player but should the pistons draft best player available in the draft or should they be drafting more for fit with the young guys or this current roster etc so where do you stand right now on this i think we might have talked about this a little bit like kind of touched on it a little bit but never made it like a full segment uh but what's your overall thoughts on it and and everything
1: yeah, so here's my thing with it, Koo. is I don't think we have to worry about it if we're in the top three because I think all those guys are fine fits. So I don't think we have to worry about what the right fit is, or is this guy going to fit or not? I'm, I'm of the opinion that Cade Cunningham and Killian Hayes can play together in the backcourt. I think they work together because Cade's a good enough shooter, and then you can stagger minutes throughout the game. I think Mobley and Stewart can play together in the frontcourt if we end up getting Evan Mobley. And then Jalen Green is the absolute perfect fit, if you want to talk about fit anyway. I've, I've said that. We have talked about that. So in the top three, I don't think you have to worry about it. You just take whichever one you think is best. After that, I think you do start to look a little bit to fit just because I don't think those guys are as franchise-changing as those top three. To me, those top three are the franchise-changing players.
0: All right, so you said after the top three, you would start to look a little bit to fit?
1: Yeah, not like completely, not like, oh, my gosh, we have to draft James Booknight because we need a score. Like, if you think Jalen Suggs is the best player, then you still take him, but – I think you can start to look a little bit more towards fit because I think those guys are all, in my opinion, those guys after that are all very similar anyway in terms of their talent and their upside and all of that. So if you feel like they're similar, then yeah, you're probably going to take the two guards to slot in to the starting lineup where there seems to be a hole.
0: Okay, I got you. So this is my take on it. Uh, I I disagree a little bit. This this is where I stand on it. I think the Pistons and I I've I've seen a, I've seen this get like brought up a lot on on Twitter with Pistons community. Um and I, it, it kind of confuses me, but my my thought process is the Pistons the best fit the Pistons need is a superstar. That's that's what they need to be drafting for, a star or a superstar. That's the fit they need. So like I know a lot of people when they when they talk about this like obviously like you say, if they get in the top 3, I don't think anyone's really questioning anyone up there, but uh, if they were to fall to like four, five, six, uh, somewhere around there, and one of the names I keep hearing people talk about is, um, oh, why is his name? It's slipping my head. The, um, the, the more project uh, guy. I, why am I forgetting his name out of nowhere? Um, God, I, I legit have completely lost his name. And Bryce, you know who I'm talking about?
1: With so Sargs oh, Kaminga.
0: Kaminga okay. K- is who i was thinking i completely like i i don't know why i just blew a blank there i like my, i just had a brain fart for a minute there but anyways so Kaminga is the one i've been hearing people bring up uh with the whole fit thing because they're saying that he's more of a project and it's it's going to take a few years for him to get there and that's not going to fit the pistons timeline uh this is how i look at it if the pistons front office isn't high on Kaminga, obviously you don't take him out like if he's there and you're like in the later like five or six or something he's there you're not hiring him, then obviously you don't take him if you're not hiring him. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if if you're saying – if your only reasoning for not drafting him is because, well, he, he's a little – he he's not going to be as ready right now or next year. But in that same breath, you think he could be like a star. Like he's not ready now, but he'll be a star in three years or two to three years or something like that. Then you don't care that it's going to take that long. You get him because he's going to be that superstar. If you believe he's going to be a superstar in the future – I don't care how long it takes, if it takes him, like, three years or whatever. Like, like it, I kind of compare it, like, to Giannis. I know that's, like, a really big and, and crazy comparison. But I'm not saying Kaminga's going to be on. I'm saying in this hypothetical that, like, if teams were told, like, hey, you, you can draft Giannis, like, if you told them right now you could see the future. And you're like, hey, Giannis is going to be this superstar in five years. But you're going to have to wait five years until he gets there. Like, I, I don't think any team should be saying, oh, well, you know, that's not really going to fit my my timeline with these rebuild," or I don't really want to wait that long, whatever. Like, if that's if that's what you believe about him, if he's a project and you believe he's going to be a star, then you draft him no matter what. I don't really care if he doesn't fit right now or about the timeline or if, if this person meshes with Killian or if this person meshes with, with Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bey, etc. I don't really care about any of that. Uh, I, I know you didn't say that just now, but I've also seen people on Twitter say that they're worried about how Keelan Hayes would mesh with Cade. And I believe on one of my very first podcasts, I, I said this, as, it was obviously a joke, but I, you can take the seriousness out of it. I said that the Pistons were to get the first overall pick, and people were worrying about Keelan Hayes. I told them I would go to Keelan Hayes' house, help him pack his bags, and send him back to wherever he played. And, and that, that would be that, if that's the worry that we're having. <laughs> because because Cade's, Cade's that type of prospect. Nobody on this Pistons roster, in my opinion, is should be stopping you from drafting someone uh like Cade or anyone honestly in the draft. None of them are good enough to where you should be saying, "Oh, well they they're, they're going to be great, but I'm just worried about how they're going to mess with this guy." No, the Pistons don't have any of those guys, but you can go ahead and respond to what all that.
1: Yeah. No, that's perfect. Like you you had a really good tweet, Koo, where and you said it when you started right there was the Pistons should be drafting for, drafting for a franchise player, uh, a franchise-changing player that's going to alter the trajectory of, of where the Pistons are going over the next five years. We've talked about this. I think this is where they have to get that guy. Now, there's still opportunities to get it in a trade or in free agency in a couple years. But again, if they think Kaminga is, is that type of guy, it doesn't matter what position he plays. It doesn't matter how long it's going to take. You draft him. A guy like Kai Jones out of Texas, I brought him up the last time I was on with you. Some people think he has a huge, huge upside, that he's the number four player in this draft. If you think he's that dude, it doesn't matter that you already have Isaiah Stewart on the roster. You either figure out how they play together, or you trade one of them. You just made that point with Hayes and Cunningham. If you don't think Hayes and Cunningham can play together, then you draft Cade Cunningham and you trade Killian Hayes. I don't want to trade Killian Hayes. I like his game. But – you can't pass on transcendent players, franchise-changing players, based on fit or who's already on the roster. Because you're right, we don't have any of those guys right now.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the things that, that goes with it as well before we move on is I think a lot of Pistons fans, and they do it a lot, and, and obviously it's not just Pistons fans. Like, I won't just single them out. I think NBA fans in general of, of a specific team, they always like to overrate their own players. So like, I, I feel yes. like a lot of people are looking at Killian Hayes and Sadiq and Isaiah Stewart, and they're like, "Oh, well, these guys are really good. We don't want, we don't want to lose them, or we don't want to do anything that's going to mess them up, or anything like that." Like, we we've talked about it. I, I've talked about it a lot. You've done a lot of breakdowns on these guys. Like, we're both fans of the Pistons' young core uh, right now, and and the four draft picks that we made, they, they were great. But it, like being completely objective, none of these guys right now are franchise top players. Uh, and who knows? We don't know what can happen in the future. I project none of them to really be franchise type players. I think the only one that really has that chance is Killian, but I think it's a small. I think his chance of doing that is small. Uh, but I do see a future where he's able to do that and put it all together. I just don't know if it's going to happen. But either way, e- either way, none of those guys are good enough or good enough prospects or anything like that that should stop you from drafting someone like Cade Cunningham. That that's the main one I'm I'm speaking of. I saw a few people tweeting me like, "Oh well, what if Kate doesn't mesh with Killian?" Like I said, Killian can be traded then. Like it's not the fact that Killian's awful. We don't yeah. think <laughs> high of Killian Hayes. Is that Kate is that dude? Kate C- is that guy? You there's nobody that stops you from getting Kate Cunningham. Here's
1: the thing: who like watch the NBA playoffs and tell me. Like it's an era of positionless basketball and it's not completely positionless but that's what we call it. There's there's multiple times where there's two "quote unquote point guards or initiators or whatever you want to call them that are on the floor at the same time. They play together at the same time. There's two big. Like it's all about floor spacing and like you can put these guys together and figure it out. That's the beauty of the game today. We're not in the sorry 1980s 19 19- where it was like you had to have a point guard that was this tall and a shooting guard that was this tall and a a center that was this tall. You can intermix them all. You can do all sorts of things. That's the job of the coaching staff to figure out how to intermix talent. At the end of the day, give me talent as a coach coup and I'll figure out the rest. That's what I want. Give me talent. I'll figure out how to make it work.
0: And not just from a coach perspective either. It's also a GM as well. Like, give the GM talent. He'll figure out the pieces later. He'll figure out which ones need to stay, which yeah. ones need to go, which pieces are good enough, which pieces are not good enough. And and we mentioned this on the last time you were on here a few podcasts ago. I believe that Toy Reavers is filling his treasure chest. So if you do draft someone like that, you don't think mesh or mesh is real real good with some of the young core, or you don't think that, like, Kaminga, Suggs, or, or the player you mentioned, Kai Jones, or anyone else – wherever the pisses land at don't don't mesh with some of these guys then that's just another person you're adding to the treasure chest that can be moved in the future that's a good prospect but just doesn't fit fit your team right now and you can use them in a trade to get something else when it's ready to win when they're ready to win and and get a better player so i i that that's my take on it uh and it, it is what it is we're gonna we can move on now to the next topic of a little fun topic of who would win the Pistons All-Star Festivities? If you just took the Pistons roster, who would win those festivities? But before we get into that, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Rock Auto. If you ever need a part for your car, head to the store, go through a ton of confusion questioning, just for one of the workers to tell you they don't have the parts that you're looking for. I know I have. That's why you should avoid all these problems of rock with the of one of our sponsors, rockauto.com. Find whatever part you're looking for on your computer or in your hand by using rockauto.com. Don't worry about having to create an account or making a membership. Just head over to RockAuto.com and start shopping. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest and most reliable prices. Head over to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And then let me tell you about your guys' favorite sponsor, Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar on the planet Earth comes with a variety of flavors, including six new flavors and Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry barcia. Lemon Almond, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. All flavors are covered in incredible tasting chocolate and are soft and easy on the teeth to chew. These bars are low in calorie and sugar, but high in protein and fiber. A flavor I suggest is the peanut butter flavor, packed with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. So go try the Bilt Bar. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code BLACK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code BLACK15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar ever. So like I said, we're going to talk about, have a little fun topic here about who would win the Pistons All-Star festivities. And Bryce, the one who actually brought this topic up, I was struggling to find out a third topic and Bryce came up with a fun topic to talk about. I I think it's pretty fun. So make sure you guys let us know who you guys would have winning each one of these uh, festivities, each one of these challenges, and then tell us if you agree with us or you don't agree with us. But Bryce, what would you like to start off with?
1: Let's start with uh, it's probably my least favorite of the festivities. So let's start with the skills challenge. Okay, I, I think it could be better the skills challenge, but let's start with that one um, as currently constructed.
0: All right, you can go ahead and give me who you think would be. Let's go ahead and do. Let's like give us the three people you would have in the competition from the team, and then who you think would win.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna go with Killian Hayes in it. Let's do um, my dark horse, which is Sadiq Bay. And then probably Sabin Lee. So those would be the three I would put in it. And I think Killian Hayes is the easy answer here. But I'm going to go with Sadiq Bey, and I'm going to tell you why. I think Sadiq Bey is super competitive. And I feel like in the skills challenge, the guy that's competitive and takes it super serious is the guy that wins it. And there's a huge shooting component to the skills challenge. So my dark horse winner would actually be Sadiq Bey, even though I think Killian Hayes would be the favorite.
0: All right. That actually shocked the hell out of me. I did not think that you would pick Sadiq That that, That's a fun one. That's a that's a that's a fun, cool one. I didn't think you'd say Sadiq. Uh, That that was actually pretty cool. I I did not see that coming. But okay, so my three my three would be obviously Killian Hayes. Um, I also would have uh, Saban Lee in it. And then are you ready for this one? This is my, my dark horse who I'm gonna throw in there that, that people I don't think people are going to name, I'm gonna throw him in there. My dark horse is going to be Mason Plumley. I, no, I, oh <laughs> I think I'm
1: gonna,
0: I'm gonna pick Mason Plumley as my dark horse. I think I think oh. Mason Plumley is would do a great job with the passing component. He would do he'd do a good job in that one. I think his handle is underrated as well. He would be able he'd be one he's one of those big men that you see like in the when they have like the big man versus the guards. I think he's one of those guys you see and that's someone who has good handle good passing um obviously he can't shoot, so he would have to make one of the threes in order to beat them but i think i think I think there's a chance there that he could pull it off but I think ultimately I would go with killing Hayes winning it
1: cool man. you just ruined my whole weekend, bro like for real <laughs> I, I was like. He's building this up. He's not going to say Plumley. He's not going to say Plumley. And then you throw out Mason Plumley, <laughs> and so not, like I'm over here just with my pen on my hand, like just sad. Just uh, l- listen, like I give Mason Plumley a lot of crap. Like I just kind of joke about it. I do think he's skilled. I think he's on a great contract, but I, I kind of do like to razz him a little bit on the podcast. So um, that came straight at me with that one. But you're not wrong. If he can make the shot, he has a
0: chance. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, I think the skills channels have had like the big man's won like three or four times recently. Like they they've been winning the skills channels recently. So I don't know, man.
1: Yeah, they take it because they take it serious. Like those guards get in there and they're just like clowning and think it's funny, jogging up and down. And those bigs get after it because they take some pride in it. And so that's why I went with Sadiq Bey, because I think Sadiq Bey would take it serious, you know, like be competitive with it. But uh, that, that's cool. That's funny with Mason Plumlee, man. That that That's a good dark horse. That's a good call, bro. Yep,
0: yeah, yep. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. But I, <laughs> I do believe that Killian Hayes probably would end up winning it. That, that would be my pick. So, all right. So, leaving the skills challenge, what's the next one you want to do?
1: Let's do the three-point contest. All
0: right, go ahead. Who do you think would be – who are your – let's say – Actually, this one could be depressing because the Pistons don't have <laughs> don't have great shooters. So I guess it would say let's go. You can pick pick four players you think would be in it, and then who you think would win.
1: Okay, so let's go. Let's have some fun. So let's go: Isaiah Stewart, Wayne Ellington, Servetus, and Frank Jackson, because Sadiq Bay was in here, the skills. Excluding so not, Sadiq. Well, because he was in the skills for me, so that's the only fair reason. Enough, fair enough. Fair enough. So, um. And I'm gonna, I'm just going to be fun with it, Koo. So in the finals, we're going to have Isaiah Stewart versus Servetus. Wayne Ellington, Frank Jackson got upset. And our guy Servetus wins the three-point competition because you know that guy can shoot it. He can shoot it. And I just have a feeling that that's his game right there. Stand there, grab a ball off the rack, and don't miss.
0: All right, so – I hate Bryce for this because he took he took who my answer was and I, I was going to So okay, before I even give who my answer was, my four was going to be Savitas, Wayne Ellington, I was gonna have Sadiq, and then I was gonna have Frank Jackson. And my finals was going to be between Savitas and Frank Jackson. And I was gonna pick I was gonna say Savitas was going to upset Frank Jackson. And take home the three point competition, which I guess I guess that's not an upset. because I think everyone understands that basically what Savis is, is his, what he's here to do is shoot the ball, and he looks like yep. someone who probably would be a, would be pretty good at like just stand still and shooting. Uh, he doesn't get like much lift on his shot, so it's not like he would get tired or whatever. He, he, so I think he honestly, is, I, I would pick him as a winner. I don't think he's as dark horse as I thought at first, but so I, I honestly think he might be the favorite. Honestly, if you pulled Pistons Twitter.
1: So, Ku, the reason I picked Servetus is I'm living vicariously through Servetus' NBA career. Because, like, out of all the Pistons players, he's the one that I, like, pl- like, could play like a little bit. Like, that was my game, just stand there and shoot threes, which Servetus did show more of a game. I do want to say that at the end of the year. But So, that's Servetus is my guy because of that. Like, that's who I connect with the most in terms of playing style. So, I, I want to see him successful. So, um, I got to pick him to win it.
0: All right, that's fair enough. We both got Savitas for the three-point competition. So now I think that's all all that's left is now the dunk competition. And before Bryce even goes, I'm just going to say, I don't feel like this one's very fair. That's all I'm going to say. So I'd like to hear where you go with it, Bryce. Bryce, who are the four people you put in it and who do you got winning?
1: So the top four, I would go DSJ, Josh Jackson, Hami, Oh, darn it. I put Frank Jackson in the – I was going to make a surprise appearance from Frank Jackson. So I guess I'll have to put put Jeremy Grant. Okay, because I think Frank Jackson's got some sneaky hops. You brought this up. We brought this up. um, You brought it up, and we talked about it last episode, last time I was on. But I think he's got a sneaky chance because little guys, but I think DSJ is going to win this because of the little guy factor. And it just – you wow people when you're that size and able to elevate the way those little guys
0: are. Fair enough. So my four would be Hamadou Diallo. I take Josh Jackson. Go ahead and give me Dennis Smith Jr. And then my fourth is going to be Tyler Cook. That, that's who my fourth will be. Uh, oh. But I, but, yep, yep, Tyler Cook, yep. So then my but my upset, it, it, not my upset, but the reason why I don't think this would be really fair is because I think Diallo smokes them all. I, I, I think Dennis <laughs> Smith Jr. from a few years ago has a chance, but I saw uh, the DSJ now versus, and then everyone else I named, I just don't think they have a chance with Diallo. I think Diallo blows them all out the water.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Diallo, I think would be the favorite. That's a great call with Tyler cook though, man. Like I completely missed him with this and, and he would be, he's kind of that bigger guy, but he, he has that explosion and that power dunk, but there's still some elevation there. He would have a chance. Um, I still think it's Diallo or DSJ. I think those would be my two favorites. Um, even with Josh Jackson's athleticism,
0: yeah. The thing with Tyler Cook, though, I think that would hold him back is because I don't think he. A lot of times with the bigger guys, they don't have much creativity. It's more just, oh, look how high I can jump, and look how strong, how hard I can punch it in. So I don't know if he would have the creativity to be able to win it. But I think he would. He should be in straight off the, off the amount of times that he dunked the season. How easy it is for him to get up and dunk. Uh, and his explosiveness but I don't think he would make it to the finals my finals would be honestly I, I, my finals would be Josh Jackson and Hamadou Diallo okay and I okay. think Diallo I think Diallo smokes them though I think I think Diallo just makes it look so easy versus everybody so Diallo would be my dunk contest winner
1: there you go I, I, I can't disagree I think that's a good call
0: yep so I mean it is what it is and you know Actually, today – actually, real quick, before we end the podcast, today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoff coverage is brought to you by McClub Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. So, Bryce, before we end, what's a moment or what's something about these playoffs or a narrative going on about these playoffs or anything that you want to point out just real quick at the end of the podcast that you want to hit on?
1: Yeah, so, like, I don't want to be, like, the negative guy, Koo – and I was afraid this would happen to an extent, but I just feel like injuries have really stole the narrative for the playoffs. What started with Jamal Murray, there was injuries in the regular season that put people in different seeds, you know, Joel Embiid, Anthony Davis, Chris Paul, and maybe it's recency bias. Maybe this is how it always is. It just seems like there's a lot more guys down right now than most seasons. And it. I don't want to say it's – I mean, obviously it's bad. You hate to see guys hurt, but – I think it's given a chance for other stars to step up. You brought Devin Booker up earlier, but I just really feel like it's kind of dominated the headlines and the storylines with all the injuries. Wish these guys well, and I hope that these guys stay safe and injury-free the rest of the playoffs.
0: Yes, that's a good one. So the thing I want to hit on real quick is the media, the NBA media national media's obsession with the Los Angeles Lakers and specifically LeBron James. So listen, I understand AD was hurt. And I understand LeBron may not have been hundred percent healthy, but the the amount of coddling for me that goes on with not only the Lakers but LeBron is absurd and it, it gets it's it's it the way they coverage the way n b a coverage is like a lot of the shows that i i i like I don't watch it but i I'll tune in. I didn't even hear any of them talk about the fact that the Sun's won or the fact that the or that devin Booker dropped forty seven points on twenty two shots or or anything like that. All I heard was. Oh, who are we going to get for LeBron to help? To help LeBron, the Lakers are out. Oh crap! Now the playoffs are going to suck. The, the NBA has to be happy about this. Or oh, Anthony Davis—if he was healthy, they win. Blah blah. Like there's no coverage of any of the small market teams. I don't hear them talking about Luca who's going off. I don't hear them talking about uh, the Suns. I don't hear them talking about the Jazz. And the only thing, time they ever mention Damian Lillard is if they're saying that he should be traded to the New York Knicks or something. So like, okay. it's the coverage with the NBA. And their stars in these big markets, specifically LeBron and Los Angeles Lakers, is really just annoying because it, it not only does it not only does it show that they don't really watch the NBA, but it really screws over every other young player not in a huge market that should be talked about because they are a really good team. Like like now I've been talking about like a team that like with Cat, we're not asking you to talk about Cat who's on a losing team. These teams are second seeds, first seeds. And just because they're not not in Los Angeles, or have LeBron James on it. We're not even talking about them. We're not even we're not even mentioning them in the same breath. Or the fact that the Suns won last night. We're not even mentioning the Suns won. We just mentioning the Lakers lost. And I think the I think I'll end it with this: that I saw a screenshot earlier on Twitter, bro, and it said it was like a report. I don't know if it was Chris Haynes who wrote it. Am I? I don't know who it was. But it was a report, and it was like. Reportedly, sources say LeBron was at 85% majority of the series, and according to sources, it fluctuated game to game. I need to know the medical doctor that Lakers got that, one, is capable of knowing the percentage of a player that's healthy, and, two, knowing that it's fluctuating game to game. So, like, I'd love to know what they're – like, what doctor they have because this guy needs a raise. This this person needs a raise, and he needs to be, like, sent – screw NBA doctor. He needs to be, like – he needs to be at the higher-ups of any, like – Every possible medical field, whatever. If you're capable of knowing how, what percentage of someone is healthy. But I know that said I said it was supposed to be quick, whatever. But well, I ranted, I ranted for like a minute and a half there. But yeah, it's just really, it's really annoying that the NBA has so many good young players, so many good up and coming teams. The new generation is so good, and and we have so many great teams leading or being led by those players, and none of them are being talked about because all media wants to talk about is LeBron and the Lakers and how LeBron can get more help and how, oh, Damian Lillard should go to the Lakers or who, who, any other, or Clark Anthony Towns is going here. Like we can never just like talk about these players and, and, and have fun and enjoy this new generation. It always has to be about a big market or a big time player that needs help or something. So that, that's my rant. Real quick. That, that cool my,
1: go ahead. Yeah. I just want to say like you make up a, you bring up a good point. It's not like there's no other storylines or young players to talk about. There's the Trey Young narrative. There's the Devin Booker narrative. There's the Donovan Mitchell narrative. There's the Luca narrative. There's all sorts of other narratives that you would think they'd want to push because it's the future of the NBA. I'm not saying push LeBron out or any of these older guys. I'm not saying that, but you have a young crop of talent that people love to watch and are exciting to watch. Why would you not want to talk about those guys? Somebody else tweeted out how, like, oh, the NBA is going to be so, you know, sad because these guys aren't making to the finals. No, there's going to be a narrative if the media wants to push it of some incredible young player that's going on a tear in the playoffs that they could push and basketball fans would be excited about. They just have to want to push those narratives.
0: And, and the thing is, they're not going to push them because they just don't. They, they never yeah. do it, and they don't want to watch these other teams. And that's that's the thing about it, too. They, they ruin how the casual fan thinks about the game in the NBA because they the narratives they want to push, have nothing to do with any of these younger players who are coming up and these younger teams that are coming up and making a name for themselves. Like, literally, the Suns won last night against the Lakers, and I, I barely have seen the Suns talked about. It. It's only been the Lakers and how they lost and what they can do to come back next year. Like, I haven't heard anything about how good Devin Booker played or all these other guys played and CP3 battling through an injury. By the way, AD wasn't the only one hurt. CP3 is playing basically one armed. So it's like, and eh, eh, whatever, I don't want to wrap it too long, but th- th- thank you, Bryce, for coming on. Uh, let me know what you guys think about the podcast uh, down below in the reviews. Uh, make sure you guys go check out Bryce on Twitter at Motor City Hoops. Make sure you go check out his podcast as well. I told you guys all the time he does great breakdowns all the time, uh, not just about the Pistons, but he's been doing it with teams in the playoffs as well. Uh, we should be trying to get him to like, as many followers as possible because he deserves it all. So thank you, Bryce, for coming on. I hope you guys have a great day, and I'll see you guys in the next podcast. Enjoy you guys' this weekend.